Good morning and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Emor Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Emor. Our Aliyah is a longer one of 25 Psukim and it runs from Perak Chof Aleth Pasuk Tezayin to Perak Chof Bey's Pasuk Tes Zion. It is on the topic of eating holy. Uh, let's take a look at a basic overview. The first section of our Aliyah deals with the, the restriction of Kohanim who are Bale Mumim. A priest who has some sort of physical defect may not serve in the base Hamigdash. We're told Loigash Lahakriv, such a person may not approach to serve. Um, but, however, he may he may eat the holy breads. We then hear about the next section in our Aliyah, and that is is about a person who is who is um, in a state of impurity, that person may not eat the Kodesh, the, the Kodshim. So uh, we hear about a person who has his Tumah on him, a person who's in a state of impurity. And the examples are given, a person is a Tsarua, suffering from nepasy, Zav, another spiritual de- defect. In such a person may not eat the Kodshim, may not eat the holy things. And any person who, who becomes impure become impure by coming into contact with the dead, or a person who has a seminal emission, a person who touches a sheretz, some sort of creepy crawly that has impurity, all these things, or the person will have a certain state of impurity, and during that time a person may not come in contact or eat the holy things. Um, we also hear that in a vela and a trefa, a person who um, consumes a animal which dies not through the process of slaughtering, ritual slaughtering, or is going to, or may have been slaughtered correctly, but was going to die, then a person will become impure by doing that. We also hear about that a czar, a person who is not a koi, may not eat kodshim. Um, the Kohen the, um, the may eat Kodshim, um, certain holy things, but person outside of tribe may not. However, somebody who is connected to the Kohen, whether it be their wife or those who live in their household, do become part of the umbrella of the Kohen, of extension of his holiness. And a person who will, uh, who will eat Kodshim by mistake, Bishkaga, such a person who eats Trumo or Kodshim by mistake, they will pay a um, they'll have a fifth extra to pay back as a knas, as some sort of penalty to the Kohen. And the B'nai Israel are warned about not being mechalel, they're not making empty the Kodshe Yisrael, the holy things of Israel. A lot of very interesting points to think about, just one or two to focus on right now. Number one is, why does a blemish disqualify a Kohen? Why should a physical blemish disqualify a holy person? Sefer HaChinuch, in explaining this mitzvah, um, explains a very important idea, and that is, Most actions of human beings, are amenable to those who see them, depending on the, the impression or the level of the person who is performing them. And therefore, when a person appears good, or important, bimar ehu v'tov ma'asov, in their appearance and in their actions, yimsachein v'seichel tov b'chol asher yaseh b'nei kol that automatically gains an impression of acceptability by those who witness that person doing it as well. And if not, there's always a sense of demeaning or, or, um, or misunderstanding by those who are lookers, or lookers. Um, so it is. So there's an element of their representing God 
and it needs to be done in a way which is beyond question, which is beyond doubt, which is on in, although yes, it is an external view of a person to look at their body, but that this, there is a societal perspective which looks at the perfection, the symmetry, and if there's complexity there, it, it detracts naturally as much as we tell ourselves that it doesn't, it detracts to a certain degree. Um, again, the Sefer Chinuch is not explaining why the mitzvah is, but he's giving a time, a taste as to why it could be as well. The Klayakar takes it from a different direction, and he explains that any spiritual, not any, but any spiritual, uh, any physical defect which a person will not inherit, not that they're born with, but through life, that will happen to a person, uh, many of them can be a product of a spiritual negative um, cycle of actions. So, for instance, he talks about how the spiritually guided people can know that a per- by looking at a person's face, what uh, or their or their or mis- uh, perhaps uh, ailments, what actually um, had happened as well. So, for instance, a person who's going blind, God forbid, um, certain spiritual masters can say that that could be as a relationship of a person who is like had a person who took bribes, as the, as the Torah tells us spiritually, that person is going to be blinded. But it means say even perhaps physically as well, a person who uh, has some sort of problem with their foot might be as a relationship to gaava, to, to, uh, to arrogance. A lot of ideas that spiritually speaking can be related to, it relates a spiritual phenomenon to a physical outcome. So it could be related to that as well. And those who are not experts do not have opinions in this matter, but nonetheless that's another, another angle of this. The Basayin, um, a Hasidic Sefer on the Torah, does point out that perhaps the word Mum, which means a blemish, is also the gematria of the numeric value of the word Elohim, which is Hashem's name of judgment. And, and that means to say that any Bitcoin who has Yesh, Yesh by Mum, which means to say that he carries with him the, the perspective of God, which is through the lens of judgmentalness, Hashem's, as, as a judge, that person will not will not be able to serve in front of Hashem because a person who walk, walks around being judgmental of others will never really be able to embrace others in a few in in a, in a real way. Will never really be able to serve Hashem fully and properly. That's perhaps more of an esoteric idea over here as well. Now, why is that 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 there is that kara is excommunication for somebody who brings a korban in a state of impurity? The Bukhar points out. The Bukhar Shor points out. Rabbi Yosef Bukhar Shor that note. The Baal Mum, a person who has a physical blemish which disqualifies, disqualifies them as a Kohen from serving the Vaisamilash may still eat the Kodshim, but a person who's in a state of impurity may not even eat the Kodshim, which means that a, a state of impurity which is caused by action is very severe. You can't even eat the holy things. A person who's in a state with a, a wound which, or a blemish which may not be their fault, um, in that case, they may be disqualified from service. But they not, are not disqualified from eating from the from the holy things as well. Um, finally, one last question is: Why is it that the Kohanim are in charge of making sure that the rest of an Israel, the Tsar, the one who is a foreigner to the state, the tribe of Kohanim, may not eat the Kodshim? The the Kedusha slave of Levius, like Berdichov, um, in his commentary on the Torah, does point out a very interesting point, and he says that if you have a king. Who has a um, who has a palace? He's not just going to get it, let the hoi polloi into the palace at all. They don't know how to conduct themselves. They don't know how to have the proper dignity for the chambers of the king at the king's palace. They're going to talk about it in loud voices. They're going to walk on the carpets in a way which is improper. They're going to spit on the floor. They just don't know what they're doing. So only the king's dignitaries who are brought up and schooled in the right types of schools and understand that what it means to be a king and have respect for a king, those types of people will be allowed into the palace. But it will also be their job to ensure that the hoi don't get there as well. And that's what's being said over here. 
the Kohanim are in some sense Hashem's inner God. They're the ones who are in charge of looking after the Migdash because they understand the severity of the, of the condition of the Migdash, which is why they have many restrictions in their own lives, as we've been learning in our Aliyos, in the Parshas Emar. Um, and that also includes their responsibility to the king to ensure the posterity, the, the pristine nature of the place that they serve in, that is the base of Migdash, which is why they are not allowed to let in Ben Yisrael. The, 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 the Kedusha slavery does end with a very interesting observation. He says that's why it's important to always be humble. It's important to always know one's station in society. And he says that it's important to understand when it comes to spiritual things, that we always need to look up upwards. We always need to say that I'm not there yet. There's so much more I need to go to, to grow. When it comes to physical things, we look down and we say, oh wow, look, I got this job. That's incredible. That's more than anything else. I don't need to look at other people who got better jobs. That's, look at this. There's people on the street who are poor who have nothing. I'm so lucky. When it comes to the spiritual, we always look upwards. When it comes to the physical, we always look downwards. Downwards means to say that there are so many other people we're better than. When it comes to the spiritual, we always look up and say, well, there's so many people we are not good enough yet as, and therefore we have to aim higher, aspire higher. The Mishkan is the place where those who are in Hashem's inner circle are in charge to make sure that the Mishkan is treated in the most correct way. With this, we conclude the second Ali and Pashas Emor. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful